0: A chance to meet my name is Chris I'm one of the pastors of Horizon Church and we are overjoyed that you've taken time today to worship with us we're finishing off a message series called curveball when life doesn't meet your expectations and before we jump into the message would you join me in prayer God wherever we are watching from wherever we are listening from whenever we are listening God we know that your spirit is moving in our hearts and minds today There are so many things that that we have lost over the last five months, so many things that we grieve, so many things that we had dreamed of that have gone away. But God, we stand today looking, longing for that reminder of your promises that last forever. Those strong foundations in our life, God, be that for us today. Move us to where you want us to be. Continue to work in our lives so that we may shine light and ignite change. We love you, Lord. We thank you. Amen. So I don't know about you, but Thursday was a big day in my life because it was the return of of some live sports. Major League Baseball had their opening day. And I don't know about you, but for me, when I was a little boy, my, my dream, my one and only dream was to play Major League Baseball. I remember back in first grade, we were given that, that that handwriting sheet with like the three lines on it. And we were supposed to write an essay, which was like a three sentence, maybe three sentence, two sentences uh, essay about what we wanted to be when we grew up. And I wrote about how I wanted to be a Major League Baseball player. I remember that that so vividly. And here's the thing. I, I think I reached my climax of my, my baseball potential in about second grade. It was still in coach pitch. I mean, that was, that's when they were lobbing those, those meatballs right down the middle that you could just smack anywhere in the park. That was, that was about the highlight, the height of my, my baseball career was back in second grade. Uh, we're throwing up a picture of that right now. Um, and here's the thing. Baseball is, is really hard. It's really hard to hit a baseball. Like in baseball, if you hit the ball a third of the time, one out of every three times you get up to bat, you're doing awesome. Like you're making the all-star team. Well, think about that. Think about that in a perspective of other sports. Like if you're if you're shooting free throws and you're shooting a free you're making your free throws a third of the time, like they're hack a shacking you and putting you on the line because they're taking their chances, right? If you're a quarterback and you're only completing a third of your passes, you're getting cut. You're not making it out of training camp. Like, this is it's mind-blowing, right? A great baseball player literally Fails. Only hits the ball one out of every three times. Like no other sport is like that. Hitting a baseball is really hard. And see here, this is what really was the clincher for me in my baseball career. Uh, I was probably about eleven or twelve, and the kids they started throwing curveballs at this point, right? There was no longer just the fastball. They might come down the middle of the plate. There was, there was this thing called the curveball. And the curveball, this is what is mind blowing about the curveball, especially when you're twelve years old, is it literally looks like it's gonna hit you. It's coming straight for you, and then it dives over the plate. And in this split second that you're having to decide whether the ball is going to hit you or not, you're diving out of the way because you think you got to protect yourself. And then all of a sudden, the umpire is calling strike. And you're like, what in the world just happened? I thought the ball was going to hit me, and you're you're saying it's a strike? And that was literally the downfall of my baseball career is I could not stand in the plate and hit a curveball. I wanted to just back out every time because what was going to happen the next time is I thought it was going to hit me again and I would back out of the way and they just throw me another curveball. I couldn't hit the curveball. And, and, and the trajectory of our whole life, I, I think we have these movements where we, we have some a really ideal sense. Like I'm going to ma- be a major league player as a first grader. We're going to change the world. We're going to set the world on fire. Our life is going to be full of adventure. And then from this idealism, we move into another part of our life where we start having some curveballs, and we we begin, I think, what we call being real, being a realist in this position. And we start to settle, right? We've we've had some bad relationships, so we're now nervous about entering into another relationship. We have great friends, but now we've grown apart as we've gotten older, and we become real about the situation. And then all of a sudden, we we get we might get married, we might start having kids, we have a mortgage. And on the accumulation of all of these experiences begin to tell us that we have to be real about our situation, right? We've got to have a job to pay the mortgage to support our families, right? And all of a sudden, that, that, that changing the world on, um, on fire, that sense of adventure, we begin to become more real about our circumstances. And if we let those circumstances continue to keep hold of us, this is where we end up. We end up being cynics, right? We can either be a cynic or be hopeful. And we have to ask ourselves, where am I headed? If we keep getting curveball after curveball after curveball, there's a point where we don't want to be embarrassed any longer. We don't want to just keep ducking out of the way because we think we're going to get hit. And so we don't even go up to bat, right? We don't even stand in the batter's box. We just drop the bat and we walk away and we quit that dream of being a baseball player. We no longer are going to stand there. We're willing to, to take a ball off our elbows, willing to swing away, willing to take that chance that we might actually hit a home run and stay in the box because we've become so cynical about our situation that there's no longer any hope, right? Today, we're going to be looking at a passage from the book of Ecclesiastes. It's it's a book written by an old man reflecting on his life. And we're looking at the first chapter. So if you've got your Bible with you, please go ahead and open it up Open up to chapter one of Ecclesiastes, starting at the second verse. It says, Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What do people gain from all their labors at which they toil under the sun? Generations come, generations go, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun sets and hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows to the south and turns to the north. Round and round it goes, ever returning on its course. All streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from, there they return again. All things are worrisome, more than one can say. The eye never has enough of seeing, nor the ear its full of hearing. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one can say, look, this is something new. It was here already long ago. It was here before our time. No one remembers the former generations and even those yet to come. They will be remembered by those who follow them. Well, that's that's a hopeful message, right? In the middle of a pandemic, God, like, thanks be to God. This is the word of the Lord that I was hoping for today, This this encouragement, this hope. You really, you really can't make this up. I, I hope you, you read along with me because this, this is, this is in the Bible right here. I, 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 think this author, this of Ecclesiastes, this old man reflecting on his life was, was battling that 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 movement of life, right, of being an idealist to realism, to being just a grumpy old man at this point, right. He was a cynic. They're literally, everything is utterly meaningless. There's nothing new under the sun. And I I have I have to admit that I felt this way as well. I don't know about you, but it seems like every day can be the same over and over. Again, lots of people have talked about the groundhog dayness of our experience of COVID-19. It seems like there's nothing new under the sun, right? And so I want to just share with you today there's two things that I've ex- trying to do in my own life. My own life to not feel like I'm being a cynic, to be a person that's, that's filled with hope. I want my direction of my life to be hope-filled. And so there are two things that I wanted to share with you that I'm working on in my own life right now so that I may be a person that's hope-filled and not a person that's just ducking out of the way because every curveball says I'm gonna get hit and so eventually I'm just gonna walk away, right? So the, the first thing that, I, that I've been working on in, in this time is, is having a sense of awe. And here, here's the dictionary definition of what awe is awe is a feeling of reverential respect mixed with wonder or fear. And I think that's a great definition, but this is really what I, I want us to, to focus on what I think awe is. And awe is that, that something, that something that strikes a chord deep within you, deep within your soul that just like opens your heart up to who God is. And here's the thing about awe awe cannot be, man, be manufactured. But you can put yourself in position to experience awe. You have to to find awe. You have to be willing to to open up yourself to find awe. And I think more than ever, I I have to remind myself that that God says to us, let's have some fun, right? Let's have some fun. That's That's who God is. God the Creator says, let's have some fun when God creates. And so I want to share with you a few things that that have brought a sense of awe in my own life during um, during social distancing, during quarantine. The first is, right, I think this is this is something that that brought me to the first sense of awe a few months ago. And it was watching the 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 documentary, The Last Dance, right? That that, that followed the career of Michael Jordan, and particularly that that last season of, of getting the sixth championship. If you can't watch that and have a sense of awe and wonder about what God had done in creating Michael Jordan, and the abilities and gifts that he had in his life. And it's in that moment that I think God says, let's have some fun, right? Let's have some fun. The Another way that I experienced some awe and, and was willing to, to, to say, God, let's have some fun in my life was uh, we've made it a, a pattern most days in our, in the afternoon when our kids get up from their naps is that we've gone out on our front porch and we've got a swing out there and we've had, let the kids have a Popsicle. Um, we got to let them have a little sugar. Um, and it's been in those moments that we've, we've swung on, oh, swang, is, that, is that the right word? We, we're swinging on the porch, right? And the kids are, are, are giggling and laughing and enjoying a Popsicle. And it's hard to be a cynic when you've got a Popsicle in your hand and you've got your kids around you and you're swinging on a front porch swing. A third way that I've experienced some awe is when you live in Florida, you have to be expecting those afternoon thunderstorms, right? And I think when you're out on that front porch, when you see those storm clouds, those dark clouds start to roll in, you have to have a sense of wonder, wonder about it, right? You have to have a sense of awe because that afternoon heat has just started to shrivel up every plant in our yard. The leaves are starting to bend a little bit. But then those rains come, that afternoon rain comes, and the water drips down. And then within just an hour or so, the leaves of our, the plants in our garden begin to open back up. They spring forth life again, and it's given me a sense of wonder. That is fun, God. That is something that's fun that you are doing in our life that I could skip over. I could so easily skip over and that's what that's what this old man in ecclesiastes is doing is he skipping over he's skipping over all of these things he's talking about because ecclesiastes makes the miraculous so mundane right he's talking about the sun rising the sun setting the wind blowing the rivers and oceans flowing but yet he fails to see that there's something miraculous happening In Romans 1 uh, verse 20, it tells us that that God from the very beginning displayed his eternal power, his divine nature in creation so that we could see clearly who God is. Because God turns the mundane into something miraculous, but we've got to be looking for it. We've got to be willing to open ourselves up to that sense of awe. Are we willing to be people of awe? The, the great writer C.S. Lewis writes uh, about uh, Jesus turning water into wine. It's, it's Jesus' first public miracle in the book of John. And we think of how miraculous it is that, that, that Jesus takes these, these, these barrels of water and turns it into the finest wine at the party. But C.S. Lewis writes that we, we miss, that that's something that God does every single year. God takes the rain that falls from the sky, right, and opens up those leaves, opens up and makes the plant fruit grapes. That water that comes in from the roots of the grapevine turn into a grape, and that grape then is fermented. God does something miraculous every single year in making wine. But yet, are we willing to have that sense of awe, to feel that, that deep sense within us that, that something that God is doing is striking a chord within our soul? The second thing that, that I've, I've been having to commit to doing so I don't become a cynic, don't become hopeless in this situation is I, I have to embrace activity. It's so easy to want to just be an armchair quarterback more than ever, right? Um, not just in the fall during football season, but if you go on social media, if you go on the cable news networks, everyone's an armchair quarterback. Everyone's an expert. Everyone knows what we need to be doing, right? Right. But here's the sad and ironic thing is most of us don't have a master's in public health. We don't have uh, doctorates. We aren't experts, but yet we we act like we are. Just like those armchair quarterbacks that, that sit with a can of beer and a pizza in the other hand and tell these athletes they're making millions of dollars and have trained year round and we're way out of shape how they should be performing better, right? It's sad and ironic. It's absolutely sad and ironic when that's the activity we embrace. But here's the thing. In Colossians 3.17, God tells us that whatever we do, do it for the glory of God. God cares about who you are, not about what you do. God cares about who you are, not about what you do. Because in the end of the day, what you do is just simply what you do. If you find your purpose in what you do, you will be absolutely disappointed at the end of the day. If you find your purpose in what you do, you will be absolutely disappointed at the end of the day whatever you do do it for the glory of God cuz God cares about who you are not about what you do God cares about who you are and not about what you do if you find your purpose and what you do you're going to be disappointed and that's that's advice I think that that even the young and the old can do when we're younger we want to be revolutionary we want to change the world we want to set the world on fire but here's the thing if we miss the opportunity to change the world right where we are, to be faithful right where we are right now, you're not gonna find your purpose in your work. You're gonna be disappointed. Do your work with purpose. Do your work with purpose right now. And when we brace activity, I think we have to be willing to play more. We have to be willing to play more because if there's nothing else take away from today, it's hard to be a cynic when you, we play. And I, for me, it's been putting down the phone and getting on the floor and playing with my kids. Playing with my kids is a reminder of the allness of God, that that I can get back in the batter's box. That the life doesn't have to be this endless cycle of scrolling, of seeing terrible news, of fearful news after fearful news, right? Because there is hope, and I saw this hope when I when I was willing to be playful this week uh on sunday after last sunday afternoon we went to my my grandmother's house my kid's great grandmother and we took some ice cream with us we took a blanket and some lawn chairs and we set out a social distancing ice cream party Uh, we hadn't had a chance to see her with the kids um in several months and so this was an opportunity that we were able to play to see the kids playing eating ice cream and the joy that was on my grandmother's face it's hard to be a cynic when we're playing So when we have a sense of awe and when we embrace activity, I think that's what's going to lead us to hope in this season so that we don't continue to face curveball after curveball and jump out of the way. If we want to have hope, we've got to have a sense of awe and we've got to embrace the activity that God has set before us because cynicism will destroy us. But what can destroy cynicism at its very root is hope. you got to be willing to sit on the porch, watch the storms roll in, get down on the floor and play, put the phone up, and eat some ice cream during this season. Because here's the thing: each of those activities, I believe, for me, are we a foreshadowing of something that's better, that's something that's better yet to come, right? God has more in store for us. God has more in store for you. God has more in store for me. Because here's the thing: this is how this is how the writer of Ecclesiastes, this old man, ends his journal, after he said that everything was meaningless. This is how he ends Ecclesiastes in chapter 12. He says, fear God, do what he tells you, and that's it, that's it. Fear God and do what he tells you. Have a sense of awe and live your life with a purpose, embracing that activity, and that's it, that's it. And so wherever you are today in your life, wherever you are in your journey, if you're struggling, if you are, are hurting right now, if you're wondering what's your purpose, If you want wondering, if you want to even get back in the batter's box to face another pitch, I invite you. I invite you to open up your life today, to having a sense of awe, embracing the activity that God has put before you. Because it's there. It's there that you will find hope in Jesus Christ. It's there that you will experience a new day. Because it's there that we're able to shine light and night change together. Would you pray with me? God of infinite grace and peace, we come this morning knowing that there are so many things that are pulling us away from you, so many things that make us want to step out of the batter's box to not face another pitch. But your voice, your strong voice right now is calling us to pick up that bat, to step back up to the plate. Even if there's a curveball that's coming, we know that you are with us right now, God. Creating in our hearts and in our minds a sense of awe and wonder for what you are doing. Allow us to let go of finding purpose in our work and in our relationships, that we find our purpose and who you say we are, that we are loved, that we are forgiven. God, we love you and we thank you for Jesus, for the way that Jesus changes our hearts and minds. Renew our hearts today, renew our minds that we may be the people that you've called us to be. We pray this in Christ's name, amen. Thank you for joining us. Please connect with us on our social media. Hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube.